It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast for 2023, available every morning on iHeartRadio, also on Spotify and Apple, and of course, wherever you get your podcast from this morning. And I trust that you had a fantastic weekend. Most people are coming back into the workplace today, so the traffic is more than likely going to be a lot more significant so patience 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 drive carefully out there as we crank into our working year on this Monday morning and it is the 16th day for January and today might be a little bit of a grind for some of us and yesterday we were talking about tiny homes finding out about the lifestyle and whether that's for you or not and the cost of tiny homes now if that piqued your interest, the next Tiny Homes Expo is taking place in Geelong. It's uh, happening on March the 31st, so put that in your diary if you are in and around Geelong Racecourse. That is the place. And don't worry if you're in New South Wales, they're going to be holding one in the Hawkesbury Showgrounds on the 12th of May. Now this morning, coming up, we're going to be talking to to Nerida Connorsby as the Summer Series Time Tunnel continues. And it's a fascinating reflection this morning from February of last year. The real estate elements that we're talking about in that moment of time, so interesting to look back at trends that were starting to develop back in February of last year and then bloom and mushroom in some instances, which is why I find it really interesting to look back in time. So that is all coming up in just a moment. If you're celebrating your birthday for today, for Monday the 16th, happy birthday to you. You are celebrating with Kate Moss. She is getting closer to 50. She's turning 48 today. John Carpenter, the film director, he's turning 74. And James Mar- Good old James May from Top Gear. He is turning 59. Informing you every morning from 6.30 with the latest real estate property news seven days a week, only on The Real Estate Breakfast. It's the main centre forecast with PRD, selling smarter every day. Let's have a look at the weather situation around the country. First we go to Sydney and a little bit of cloud cover, but it's going to be mainly dry today, a high of 28 degrees. Melbourne, a mostly fine sunny one with 30. Brisbane, a possible shower, 50% chance of that, otherwise it should be mainly dry with 28. And in Perth, it's going to be a little bit windy getting up to 40 k's but a mainly fine day and your top today in Perth 29 degrees. We are just as addicted to property as you are every weekday morning from 6.30. All right let's go back in time to February of last year with Ray White's economist Nerida Connorsby and it was at a time when we were talking about things opening up with international arrivals and traditionally people of course won't buy homes when they first land they will instead of course go into the rental market so I started out by asking Nerida if we could expect growth in the rental market as a result. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you said, people, when they come to Australia, they rent before they, they buy. And last year, we did see very solid rental growth in many locations. It was partly to do with the fact that people were getting wealthier through the pandemic. We, we've seen it through ABS data that Australians are the wealthiest they've ever been, but also because we had a lot of movement in Australia. So a lot of movement, particularly up to southeast Queensland, which which really pushed up rental levels. Rental levels for houses in Brisbane actually increased by about 20%. So we did see some, some really big pickups. The areas though that struggled were those areas that did house a lot of overseas students. So if you have a look at somewhere like Melbourne CBD, we did see a fall in rents of in excess of 20%. What we are expecting this year that rents will continue to increase for houses, but we will also see a recovery in those unit rents, which have been particularly problematic for a lot of people that uh, invest in, in apartments. And Nerida, these first home buyers, they're going through a pretty emotional, draining and taxing time, particularly with their energy levels. As house prices rise, the aspirational goal of owning your own backyard, a slice of section somewhere gets further and further away. Have you got some numbers on different areas and the gap between the house pricing and the apartment market? Yeah, look, we, we did have a look at that. Getting into the apartment market is is actually quite affordable. So some really good examples uh, include places like Hawthorne uh, in, in Melbourne. You know, trying to buy a house in Hawthorne is is pretty much well and truly out of reach for, for most first home buyers. But head into um, an apartment and you can get uh, an apartment for around 600000 So, you know, that's certainly in first home buyer territory. Uh, even places like New Farm in Brisbane, you know, buy, again, buying a house is pretty much out of reach. An apartment is, is well under 700000 And across in Sydney, Mossman in Sydney, uh, buying a house is sitting at about $4.5 million uh, <laughs> median. But a unit, you know, you can certainly buy a unit for under a million dollars. So, and I think for first home buyers, you know, there's always that trade-off. Do you go further out? Do you go somewhere that, that may not offer such good public transport, such good retail precincts? Yeah, in a buyer's mind, there are always these rationales why they prefer to buy a house over an apartment. And one of the big reasons is the perception that house prices will always increase more over a period of time than unit prices will. But there is a counter to the way of thinking in this current market, and that is you've really got to move, don't you? Yeah, look, this is a thing and I think this is, you know, it is a, I guess, a myth that house prices always increase in units. I mean, if you go across capital city, you know, a whole capital city, that that is the case. But 12 months ago, Borkham Hills houses were had the same median as Bellevue Hill apartments and they were sitting at about 1.25 million. Over the past 12 months, so we've, we've seen stronger growth for apartments in Bellevue Hill than we've seen for houses in Borkham Hills. So, you know, I, I think it's always, you know, you do need to be aware of how markets move, that desirability of some suburbs does mean that apartments will increase far, faster than houses in less desirable suburbs. You know, don't worry about what you buy. It's always a good idea to get into the market as, as young as possible. And this whole exodus of people buying and shifting from larger cities to some of the outer areas. If you take a Geelong, for instance, they're starting to go toe-to-toe in pricing with, say, Melbourne, which, gosh, a few years ago, you would never have thought that that would have ever happened. 
Yeah, it's been fascinating. I mean, if you have a look at somewhere like the Illawarra now, uh, Illawarra is getting very Sydney-like in its pricing. Geelong, as you said before, Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast are actually more expensive than, than Brisbane. The regional shift was one of the, the more fascinating parts or the fascinating things that happened during the pandemic. We did see more people move to regional Australia than had ever been recorded. And, and it was interesting because over decades, we've seen government policy try to, try to move people to regional areas, but it did take the pandemic to do it. So lots of people moved to the regions. Uh, a lot of areas that had never seen much price growth did start to move. So it was partly people moving there because they were working differently but we also saw very good conditions in mining, in the mining sector that pushed up prices in a lot of mining towns and also agriculture did really well. So there were a lot of towns in the uh, Western Australian wheat belt, for example, that pretty much hadn't moved for for a very long time, but then we had these amazing wheat growing conditions and and prices started to take off. So, you know, it is an interesting trend. I guess the, the thing that people do tend to ask now is, you know, is, are people going to move back? You know, we we don't know. I mean, the people are getting called back into the office and and living in regional areas. If you can't commute very easily back into into that capital city, it does make it a little bit more tricky. Uh, But what I think we do need to keep in mind that even prior to the pandemic, places like Geelong were really starting to take off in, in terms of price growth. Getting to Geelong from Melbourne is, you know, it's about an hour's drive. There has been an in, uh, investment into a, into a business study into to getting a, a fast train, which would reduce the commute to half an hour. Uh, head down to the Illawarra and, you know, again, there's a train which, you know, for, for some people it, it would be quicker going from, from Wollongong up to, to Sydney than it would be from transfer, you know, travelling from, from some of Sydney's western suburbs. So, so I think, you know, the regional trend was pretty extreme during the pandemic, but, uh, you know, I think we really have to remember that there was already a, a regional push prior to the pandemic that, you know, was, was taking place regardless. Mm. And somewhere else that has really started to shine is the Sunshine Coast. I always thought for years and years just how underappreciated in terms of property prices the Sunshine Coast was. But, oh well, they're starting to have their time in the sun, their moment of glory. Yeah, they certainly are. I mean, Sunshine Coast now is more expensive than Melbourne. It's probably being pushed up by a lot of people from Melbourne buying holiday homes there, potentially moving up there. We, we have seen high levels of movement of, of people from Sydney and, and Melbourne up to, up to southeast Queensland. But yeah, it's certainly the case that it's, it's kind of also benefiting from what's been happening in southeast Queensland generally that, you know, there's, there's a population movement up there and there's a lot of jobs growth and a lot of positivity. There's the Olympics that's taking place and you know certainly from what we can see up on the Sunshine Coast is it doesn't look like it's slowing at this point you know we can see Sydney and Melbourne you know at least anecdotally seem to be seeing a bit of a shift in sentiment but that doesn't seem to be happening on the Sunshine Coast. The other thing that's interesting is Sunshine Beach has become the first suburb to to hit over three million dollars in in Queensland and you know, this, this continued march of, of pricing is, is taking place in, in that part of Australia. And again, as I said before, it really just doesn't seem to be slowing at this point. Go the Sunshine Coast. All right. And finally, how significant is downsizing at the moment with people? And is that likely to continue strongly, do you think, into 2022? Yeah, it's, it's really fascinating downsizing. I mean, you know, I think, I think when people think downsizing, they often think of, you know, someone in a really big family home and then, and then buying a, a smaller apartment 
uh, you know, in taking taking the difference in cash and, and that's kind of the, the process that takes place. But what seems to have happened during the pandemic is, is we are hearing of a lot of people selling the big family home and, and then buying in regional areas. So, you know, having, you know, maybe a sort of later in life lifestyle shift. Um, there's a lot of right sizing taking place. So, Again, you know, buying the, the similar sized home in, in regional Australia and then perhaps a, a capital city one bedroom apartment in which they can come back into the city if they want. So, you know, there's certainly lots of different ways that, that people are downsizing, but they're not really necessarily leading to, to cheaper options or people cashing in. It's just more that they're shifting their money around and getting the, the right sort of home for, for how they see their, their retirement. Hey, Nerida, thank you so much for taking part of the day to talk to us and for coming on to the Real Estate Podcast. Thanks for having me. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. 